0: The Ringer's gaming podcast, Achievement Oriented, and our wrestling podcast, The Mass Man Show, are breaking off of Channel 33. You can now subscribe to each of them on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Ringer NFL Show. My name is Robert Mays. I'm a writer at The Ringer. And
1: joining me on two other lines are Kevin (laughs) Clark and Danny Kelly. Guys, what's going on? Uh, oh, you know, we this just went great. through about a 15 minute period where it seemed that Jay Cutler was going to go to the Jets and they were the best moments of my life. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> so so happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just the entertaining the idea of it is just a phenomenal experience for me. So letting people behind the curtain here, it's about
0: 2:18 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Shit is happening. A lot of shit has (laughs) happened in the past 24 hours, but that doesn't preclude it from happening when we're recording. I couldn't get all 32 GMs on the phone and tell them not to make deals over (laughs) the next 45 minutes. So this is some real-time stuff, and we're going to do our best to make sense of the first day of free agency. I don't even know if we can hit everything in the next 45. We're going to hit the stuff that we like, the stuff that we didn't, but there's a lot of things happening right now. We're going to be back tomorrow to help tie up some loose
1: ends because... There's really just no way we can get to everything, but I'm actually I, not going to be back tomorrow. I've signed a forty million dollar deal with the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of you, buddy. Yeah, I took All that. All right, so they missed on Boué, and they just they panicked. <laughs> So let's just
0: try to get our arms around this. I wanted to start by asking both of you, you know, let's start a positive note. Something you've liked over the past 24 hours, a deal that you think just makes sense for player, for situation, for money. Kevin, let's start with you. What's the one where you're sitting here saying,
1: yeah, I'm into that. So we don't know the final figures. It's not signed just yet, but it's going to happen. It's Deshaun Jackson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be about. Ten or eleven million dollars a year, if you believe the the annual value figures at this point. Deshaun Jackson, I, I was amazed as Deshaun became a free agent looking at some of the splits, looking at some of the advanced stats. He made Kirk Cousins deep deep game work. Um, you know, and now you put him with Jameis Winston. I understand that Jameis has had problems going down the field, but I think that Deshaun Jackson is the rare commodity that actually can manufacture a deep game. And I can't wait to see him with Mike Evans. I can't wait to see Man. if they invest. You know, you, may, you, you, you joked yesterday, Mays, about O.J. Howard. They, the, the Bucks met with him. If they've got a ton of weapons like that on the Buccaneers' offense, I am ready, Robert Mays, after years of you threatening it, I'm ready to say that they're going to actually make the playoffs. I love it. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think that it all makes sense. And I actually talked with Lombardi about this on our last show. If you're the Bucks, Jackson makes a lot of sense in terms yeah. of how you're spending resources because their offensive line isn't very good, but they've also put a lot into it recently. You know, uh, what's his name? Your buddy from Seattle, Danny, uh, J.R. Sweezy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Pay, Sweezy. They, I forgot about that They paid J.R. Sweezy last year. He didn't play. So they, Spent some money on him. They've drafted a couple guys in the second round. You know They have a lot of stuff invested into that offensive line. So the only spots where they can really chase some resources is in that skill position play, player set. And the idea of Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans across from each other is beautiful. They oh, do man. different things. They can really push it. And then I know that the OJ Howard thing is far away, but it was fun last night even considering it.
1: Yeah, I, I'd I, say. I yeah. And, and also, by the way, the Buccaneers will have... A really good opportunity there are so many fast playmakers in, in the first round this year even in the second round I mean hell they could if, even if OJ Howard's not in the mix draft Christian McCaffrey I mean there are gonna be so many playmakers in the first two rounds of this draft Danny what about you what's the one that's jumped out to you so far
2: well, I think I like the uh, Brandon Marshall move with the Giants I think it's first of all they got him for a steal because I think he wanted to stay in New York you know to keep doing sure. what he's doing and so I think it's like two years 11 million Um I mean, that's a pretty damn good price for a guy who's, you know, one season off of like a huge year with over a thousand yards and a double digit touchdown. So, I mean, this is one of the top touchdown makers in the league in the last, you know, five or six years. Um, you know, he's still and, and as far as I'm concerned, he still got it. I mean, watching him last year at times, it was a pretty dysfunctional you know scenario in New York. But um, there was a really great. Uh, battle between him and Richard Sherman I can't remember what week it was but when they played the Seahawks he had two touchdowns it was really fun to watch him go up against you know one of the top corners in the league I still think he's you know a really really good player and I think putting him on that Giants offense is huge because it's sort of similar to the Buccaneers like getting someone opposite Odell Beckham someone actually like you know a, a big time threat that defenses have to pay attention to I think that's gonna be huge for them and their offense was terrible last year outside of what Beckham was able to do so to me, that that's an it's kind of an underrated move, and, and Brandon Marshall's moved around so much. That I think people are kind of just like whatever with him nowadays. But I still think he's you know a top tier receiver. I agree it with makes- that.
1: I, I I think a lot of times we look at these deals and we want to find the young guy on the ascent who's twenty six and hit free agency early, and and you know got, took took a team friendly deal and it's going to be a great piece. But I think sometimes the deals that really matter are a team like the Giants who get a guy at the end of his career for almost. Nothing. I mean, that's that's a really below market deal for a guy like Brandon yeah. Marshall. And so I think that that's. I think you know we're sitting here analyzing everything in a vacuum. I think come January we're going to realize the Marshall deal was much bigger than it was today. I totally agree,
0: and I think that with the Marshall deal, you want to give those end of career below market deals to guys when you're a couple pieces, when you're a couple yep. tweaks from yep. getting where you want to go. The Giants are a playoff team last year, yep. one of the best defenses in football. You need to just get incrementally better on offense and Marshall does that for you that offense was so inconsistent last year ton of three and outs couldn't really sustain much Marshall's a sustainer he's a chains moving guy that can just post up one yard past the marker and get you first downs and with a dude that's built like him and plays like him age isn't going to take its toll in the same way as it is for a guy who's a speedster who relies on getting open Brandon Marshall's never open it doesn't no. matter, though. You just throw him the ball. <laughs> so I think that it makes a ton of sense. It's a really good one, Danny. And let's uh, just overall. Well, I think j- j- just
1: one thing. I just want to say one thing about Marshall, and, and that's that we know he's not going to go on a boat with the rest of the receivers. He's going to be he's going to be taping like five TV shows at once. <laughs> no time for boats. No free time.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know where Brandon Marshall is these days, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. So the fact that you guys both mentioned receivers, I feel like, is telling about what's happened so far in the last 24 hours. That's the position that the run, they just went. yeah. And there are a lot of interesting names and a lot of interesting deals. We talked about Marshall talked about Deshaun Jackson, but there's a bunch of other guys in play here. I think the first guy to go off the board was Pierre Garcon. And I love Pierre Garcon, but for the money they had to spend to get him, it's not as if he's a complimentary piece. And I feel like that's kind of what's happened with this entire market. You know, Garcon's making what he's making the fact that Robert Woods got that deal from the Rams, Kenny Brick got a ton of money from Cleveland, $8 million a year. Kenny Stills in, in Miami. The market was robust in the way I thought it might be.
2: You wrote about this like last week, right? Like how there's so much money that's going to saturate the free agent market that everyone is going to, it's going to feel like everyone's getting overpaid. Totally. And the the 49ers, especially, I think it, it's like the money's burning a hole in their pocket or whatever because they're going out and spending it. They're spending a lot on, I mean, they, they gave uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, uh, I think, a pretty damn good deal, too. So It's like a right tackle contract. <laughs> they, they gave Malcolm I think Smith a lot of money. Yeah, so, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from. They had like 80-something 13 million.
1: million. guaranteed for Malcolm Smith. Who was going to give him like, like $1 a million
2: dollar guaranteed? The Malcolm I Smith deal, I don't you. necessarily understand.
0: The Kyle Juszczyk deal, I feel, was kind of fascinating. I mean, the idea that they're going to give him yeah. that much how much does he need to be involved in the offense to warrant that contract? I mean, he, they're going to have to throw it to him a bunch. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did. It still is just a weird deal when you look at it on paper.
2: Especially when you think about, like, the competition involved with getting a guy like Ushek, Like, how many teams even use fullbacks these days? You yep. know? So, I don't know. It's interesting the fact that they're just, they're spending so much money. You start to question, like, where the competition is coming from. Are they overpaying? But at the same time, it's definitely kind of fun to picture like what they're building because we saw what Shanahan was able to do not only last year but a couple of years ago um, with Hoyer in Cleveland and kind of make you know chicken salad out of chicken shit. Like it, it, there's some interest. I, I just think it's kind of fascinating to watch what they're doing. I don't necessarily have high hopes for it, but um, it wouldn't be the, like the weirdest thing in the world if it kind of does work in year one, especially now that they have you know an answer at quarterback.
1: I thought it was fascinating. There were some things going around today about how interesting it was that Kyle Shanahan chose uh, Jusek over Patrick DeMarco, who he knows. And I think mm-hmm. it actually shows, and I think Tim Tim Kawakami made this point also, it shows that Shanahan isn't just going to try to replicate Atlanta in, in San Francisco. And I think a lot of times, young coaches try to do that. You know, Nick Saban did that in Miami, and it was a disaster. He just took a bunch of guys that he'd recruited or that had played for him or that he played against and it really showed sort of insecurity about about the 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 talent pool in the NFL. And like his evaluation. Yeah, and Shanahan is is going out and, and getting guys he's not familiar with, which I think is an interesting little plus. Before we get back to the rest of the madness, I want to talk to you guys about podcasts.
0: All this month, we're asking you to tell a friend about a podcast they'll love. Right now, think of a friend, your mom, anyone you care about. What podcast would they really love? Got it? Now do it. Tell them about it in real life or on social media. And if they don't know about how to use podcasts, show them. Tell us what you recommend with the hashtag tripod. T-R-Y-P-O-D. Thanks for spreading the word. All right, I'm going to swing back around just the entire wide receiving group for a second. I want to kind of parse it. More than we did the first time around. So if you're looking at these deals, Deshaun Jackson gets north of 10 million. It's going to be an eight-digit contract per year. And what I wrote in what I my thing today about spending smart is just the idea of spending for a specific skill set. And I think that Deshaun Jackson's a better player than Kenny Stills. But would you rather have Deshaun Jackson at 11 million, who's 30? Or would you rather have Kenny Stills for eight million, who's twenty-four? And I feel like that's kind of the question we're asking. And then for even further down that line, the Eagles get Tory Smith for three years, fifteen million. So, of all these deals, which of them, on a value level, do you guys like the best, Danny?
2: Oh man, value is—it's so hard to figure out. Um, I think I, I like. I like the Deshaun Jackson deal the most. I think even though it's probably, it's the most expensive, right? I still like it the most just because I think he's a game-changing talent more than those other two guys. And, I mean, obviously, like, with with value, it's a little bit subjective, and um, there's different ways of looking at it. But, like, I think, I mean, he has a chance to really change the entire complexion of that offense. And so I I just really kind of like that one the most. It just, in my gut, like, that one, Seems to me the the most exciting and, and I think and most valuable ultimately.
1: Do you feel the same way? I'm Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love the Deshaun Jackson deal. I love it. I, I just think it's really good. Um, you know, look, I like Kenny Stoles a lot and the way that he functions in that Dolphins offense. I like the Dolphins offense a little more than most people do. Um, I think Jarvis Landry is really, really good. And I know that he's a bit of a divisive topic and, you know, NFL Twitter and those circles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get all my evaluations Twitter. get from that, NFL by the Twitter. way. I, I, I don't seriously know. don't get that. I don't know. If I'm looking at the Dolphins' offense right now,
0: I wrote this a couple of weeks ago. I think that they have a chance to be one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. If Tannehill can kind of gate it a little bit in year two under Gase, I think Gase is one of the best. And if he doesn't break
1: his leg or whatever the hell he did in yes. December, I mean, it, they were getting the they skill were on the upswing. On that team.
0: look at the skill position players on that team. You have, and I know the line needs some work, but you move Tunsell out. You maybe try to draft a guard. You figure something out there. You have Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, a Ajay Ajayi. Their number, uh, freaking Devontae Parker is the most talented guy of all of them. And now they have Julius Thomas. For which, for whatever you think of Julius Thomas, Adam Gase is the guy that got the most out of him once. Once upon a time, that is a serious collection of dudes. And I I love like it. the Kenny Stills contract. I love it. I was arguing about it with Barnwell yesterday, but essentially a two and a half year deal for Kenny Stills, who's 24 and absolutely is a talent at eight million in this market. I don't hate it, but that's I, why I kind of like the Tory Smith contract even more. I can't $5 wait Five million dollars a year for Tory Smith is pretty damn good.
1: I, I have a feeling that the Dolphins are this year is someone in June is going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then we have to have a huge backlash to that. Like that's gonna be it. Like somewhere in June, someone's gonna be like, "The Dolphins are my Super Bowl pick," and then there's just gonna be a massive backlash, and then all of a sudden
2: they're gonna be underrated again. For the Torrey you, Smith, for the Tory Smith one, how, how 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 shitty does he have to feel? Because right now the 49ers are driving up the price of every single person in, on the free agent market, except for him, because he basically spent two year or how many seasons? Two years in, in San Francisco yeah. in, in passing He's game wasting purgatory. Away. Yeah, just like if, away. So they like basically ruined his value on the free agent market, but they're making everyone else is better. It's like, how bitter would you be right now? Catch the rate. guy
0: I just have to salute is Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods God. gets four, a $40 million deal, 15 guaranteed, still pretty good, like about what Kenny Stills and Tori and Kenny Brick got. He goes from Buffalo, New York to Los Angeles, where he went to college. I mean, well done, well done for you, Robert Woods. <laughs>
1: Extremely proud. Uh, Maze, you keep asking about our favorite deals. My favorite deal is anyone who got an undeserved shit ton of money. <laughs> Does Mike Glennon fall into that category? Absolutely. For you? Cut the check. So here's essentially my feelings on on Glennon. There was this weird thing that went around. Oh, well, starting quarterbacks cost fourteen million dollars. I don't understand why everyone is so upset. This is what the market has. Well, you don't need to get a free agent quarterback. You don't need to sign the darling of the offseason who, has who hasn't been who has thrown a pass, a meaningful pass in three years, um, who, by the way, wasn't even that great when he was. I mean, people were saying, oh, look at Carson Wentz's numbers versus Mike Glennon's numbers. First of all, Car- Glennon has been on the bench for three years. Second of all, he lost his job to a McCown, did he not, at one point? That's, I, that's, that's hey, a disqualifier i putting for a me. lot of
0: credence into that, because that's a Lovey Smith, we need a veteran bullshit thing.
1: Yeah, okay, but it doesn't matter. My my point is, I think you could get... I, I would much rather have seen the Bears, and I understand John Fox trying to save his job. I understand that, that Ryan Pace is trying to make an impact and, and whatever. I would have much rather them just sort of get a bargain basement guy, or even bring back Brian Hoyer, for Christ's sake, draft a guy... That was my thought. And go... go Go three and thirteen again. I would much rather go that. You Can't than, do that though. Then you get fired. Well, I mean, that's well John Fox. John Fox gets fired. So does Ryan Pace. I don't know about that. If they go three and that. thirteen
0: again, Ryan Pace is on the street. One hundred percent. You can't. That's that's why I understand
1: it. If it were up to me, it's a, by the way, think it's, that only, it's only nineteen million dollars guaranteed. So they can yes, get rid it's of a him. They, they can deal. get rid of him in a year. I, I just I just think for this year, I would have much rather them see go bargain basement, not even gone after a guy like this, and then just basically tanked.
0: Of course, but you can't do that. (laughs) That, And that's the problem. In my perfect world, they sign Hoyer to that two-year, $12 million contract. He comes back, you get some sort of continuity. He was actually pretty good last season. Try to figure out with with Alshon and see if you can get him back in the fold. I like the line. That offense has a chance to be solid. We've talked about the defense. They bring in Quentin Demps. If they go get a big-time corner, I think they have a chance to be really good. That's a real football team. But if it doesn't go very well, then Brian Hoyer is the definition of we are running in place. And when you've won nine games in two years, if you're John Fox or 14 games in three years, if you're Ryan Pace, you have to show ownership that you're trying to go somewhere. And that's what Mike Glennon is. You're paying a premium to do that, but at least you're getting a quarterback option without a defined ceiling. I don't, it may be defined after this year, but right now Mike Glennon has a chance to be more than Brian Hoyer was. And that's why they made the move. They have to do something to show they're moving forward. And because it's a one-year contract, and because his average salary yearly is third lowest in the league among starters that are on their second deal, it's sure. a, it is a bargain basement contract.
1: But you don't have to have a starter on your second deal, is what I'm saying. Well, you, you don't could have just to pick do quarterback. It. At th- but that's the thing. If if say you love the quarterbacks, say you love
0: Watson, and somebody picks him at one or two, and then you don't love him anymore. If you love one of these guys and he's there at three, mm. take him.
1: No, take I, him. I yeah, you're gonna get one because the Browns are gonna. The Browns are going to draft Miles Garrett, and if they don't, that's sure. malpractice. And then you get Miles Garrett, and that's phenomenal. Okay, but what I'm saying is that you're going to get either Watson or Trubisky. If you hate one of those quarterbacks, I understand this move. But I think that, or if you hate both of them, yeah. I mean,
0: it, it makes sense to me that you're just kind of you're putting yourself in a position to not just be left standing when the music stops. I tell
1: you what, you, I tell you what, will get you fired a lot more than tanking going three and thirteen is signing Mike Glennon and going three and thirteen.
0: I, it, but it's not a, it's not a risky deal. It's a one-year contract. I understand that, but what I'm saying is they're they're
1: clearly trying to win seven or eight games this year, and I don't even know if if Glennon guarantees you that is what I'm saying.
0: But you have to try to do that. We we can't all be the Browns and just say we're going to be bad every year. (laughs) I mean, that's just not how it's going to go for most teams and most ownership groups. (laughs) I just
1: just envisioned Paul DePodesta just announcing every spring, okay, we're going to be bad again. Guys, they essentially no, do I that. Know, I know, I know, That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just laughing at just uh, the vision of them saying, "Guys, it's sorry. Next year, maybe."
0: It's just one of those things. I just wrote about it. It'll go up later today about the Glennon thing. It's not exciting. No one is happy about this. <laughs> I know one person who's happy about it. How we got to this place? <laughs> Mike Glennon is we're happy here. about it. Yeah, that's true. Mike Glennon's doing fucking backflips. Danny, do you have any parting <laughs> thoughts about this before we move on?
2: I'm just, like, looking at what what has happened in Chicago with the quarterback situation, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, everyone who's ever complained about their starter quality top 10 quarterback just should feel really bad right now about themselves because, I mean, you're going from Jay Cutler or Brian Hoyer, like, those are the two options you have, like, re-sign Brian Hoyer or whatever, just hang on to Cutler, and then your third option is Mike Glennon, and it's like, to me, it's it's like at at most, it's like a horizontal move or whatever. It's just something percent. Like, it's different. It's just another bridge guy. But like to me, it's just like, man, it's so hard to find a good quarterback. I don't know what the Bears were going to do to do any better than Glennon. They certainly could probably have done worse. Um, I don't think it, it's it's a very unexciting signing, but I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world either. So it's just kind of one of those I things. I feel the
0: exact same way. I mean, when you look at it, yeah, the jokes, 45 million from Mike Glennon are funny. It's a one year contract. It, right. It's a one year fucking contract. But the Brock Wasweiler is gonna make eighteen million dollars this year and he got paid last year. I'm cool <laughs> with it. Like I'm I'm right. okay with what happened. Better like than I, the no alternative. One's excited, But yeah. I get where we where we are, and where we are is a team without one of those big time quarterbacks. And when you are one of those, these are the
1: type of things that have to happen, unfortunately. Right. Yep. Can't wait I to agree. see uh John Fox work his magic. Yeah, John Fox, renowned Dora, quarterback Dora, Dora developer, Doyle
0: Loggins. <laughs> all right, let's move on. I, I don't. I don't want to talk about this anymore.
1: One of the other <laughs> Dora spots, Doyle it went Tennessee, Cleveland, Chicago. What a career path for the Bears offensive coordinator. Did I like wrong you <laughs> at some point recently? Uh, no, we, had a, we 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 had a great week last week. In, uh, right, I wanna... we had a
0: phenomenal time probably should have talked about this when we were talking about the receivers, but the Cooks trade is still on the on the table, apparently. You know, we've wow. heard a bunch of stuff about where he could go, you know, everything yeah. else. So New England offering 32 for him to me is fascinating. I, I think that if you're the Patriots, you should be trying to do that. But now we're hearing a little bit, even more creativity coming out here. So New England apparently is looking at maybe trading Malcolm Butler for Brandon Cooks, which... Can you? Is that the most interesting player for player trade since like <laughs> Champ
1: Bailey for Clinton Portis? What about uh, J- Jonathan Baldwin for AJ Jenkins?
0: Oh yeah, that was a great one. That <laughs> was the best trade. <laughs> was, <it> was <laughs> <out> <laughs> in Did NFL you get lore. that? I remember where I was when that happened. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Who could, who could forget? Um, I just want to say one thing very quickly before we get into the nitty gritty of this deal, and that is that something interesting has happened in the last year or so even though it should have happened before, which is that when I hear that Belichick wants to trade for someone, they become, in my mind, the best player in the NFL. Like Stephon Gilmore. Shane McClellan. Well, no, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, like nine hours ago, I was like, who the hell is going to sign Stephon Gilmore? And now they sign him for $14 million, and I think Stephon Gilmore is a future Hall of Famer. But I'm very upset my team just, missed out on him. Yeah, that, that, no, that, but it's just one that Belichick makes me sad. just even hinting, and this, that's what's happening with Cooks right now, even hinting that he's interested it makes me believe that the player is about 50 times better than he actually is. I, I now think because Malcolm Butler is involved in this trade, that Malcolm Butler is like the worst player in the NFL.
0: <laughs> well, what they're doing is and they're trying to avoid giving Malcolm Butler a huge contract. I mean, that, that's right. what's going on here. And you get cooks for cheap for two years. And it just makes so much more sense to me than going out and getting somebody. It's st- right now, still, if I'm Tennessee, I'm handing them the number 18 pick and I'm going home. I just don't think that I I think it's worth it when you consider what all these guys are getting when Kenny Britt and Robert Woods are getting eight million dollars a year and you can get cooks for two next year It's hard not to say yes to that even for a first-round pick
2: I agree with that based on the fact that they're reportedly signing Stefan Gilmore, too Like it seems like it's gonna happen
0: I I really like it. Yeah, I mean I absolutely I, I like it a lot it's gonna be interesting to see what they do at corner, just independent of that. So it'd be Gilmore, Rowe, and then you'd assume if they give Gilmore that deal, then Logan Ryan might not be back. So then you got to little get a little specu- bit more creative as to
1: who that third corner is. Yeah, the speculation was that the reason they're doing all this is that Logan Ryan came back to them with his offer, and that they just sort of they moved on. They realized that Logan he's gonna make was, a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, he is. that's the problem. Yeah, they he have is. a ton of cap space, which is.
0: Not It's it's newish for them. They don't usually have this much money to work with. They're always shrewd, but they're not flush. And that's what they are now. They have a lot of flexibility. That's everybody. Everybody that, except, like, the Vikings. Yeah, that's true. Dante Hightower, they said he's maybe back. You know, he went and surveyed the market, wasn't thrilled. He's a guy that they could bring back. I wouldn't be surprised if Herman came back, because yeah. that allows you to have a little more flexibility if you lose one of those corners, just sp- different ways you can use him so what the Patriots do is going to be interesting and another part of that is the Dwayne Allen trade is fascinating I mean he's another one of those guys as soon as they trade for him it's like oh well I guess Dwayne Allen's good
2: (laughs) (laughs) well they're buying low because he's had two pretty crappy years he's been hurt I mean that's
0: that's the concern
2: right but they they have liked them you know according to different reports and they've liked him for a couple years now so it's just, it, to me that feels like a this is like a perfect uh, buy low situation and hope he turns into something good. I mean they're not giving up a lot. It's like they give him a fourth round pick and they get a sixth round pick and the player back. So I mean it's kind of just like they're you know sticking a flyer on the guy.
1: If it came so, out like five minutes after the Super Bowl that Belichick was thinking of trading Tom Brady, I would have been convinced that Brady sucked. <laughs> like you go so, like in the end zone while they were celebrating if someone was like Belichick wants to trade Brady, back, Brady sucks. Get him at Belichick. I trust Belichick.
0: So uh, Schefter just reported about five minutes ago. Kevin Zeitler is signing with yeah. Cleveland for the highest, the biggest guard contract in NFL history. Oh my God. Cleveland's O-line is, is going to be legit. Big deal for Robert Mays. So, could you imagine if they had kept Mitchell Schwartz? From left to right, Jesus. it would be Joe Thomas, Joel Batonio, JC Treader, who they just signed and I'd like, Kevin Zeitler, Mitchell Schwartz.
2: Who's their right tackle right now? It's, it's a great question.
0: I guess it'll be Cam Irving.
2: Sean Coleman, maybe.
0: I mean, I Cam. I say Cam Irving because he, they spent a first round pick on it. would Be hard right. to put him on the bench. Right. But and he has played tackle before. I have no idea what they're going to do there. Yeah, they wow. should. Coleman was a third round pick last year. So whatever they do over there, the rest of that line is pretty damn good. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate this as a way to spend your money if you're Cleveland. I like that a lot more than giving Terrell Pryor $11 million a year. Everything they've done so far. Yeah, Who's going to sign Pryor? It's a great question. I mean, it seems like the market's drying up a little bit. I Here's my guess. It would be if Philly misses out on Alshon, I think they may go after Pryor as like a secondary choice. Because they, they signed Torrey Smith, but that's a one specific skill. Mm-hmm. I think they want to diversify the receiving core a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, I, I the thing is everyone has money to spend still. Yeah, no one has I mean, no one has capped themselves out. And so I think you could see an actual like maybe a contender even saying, "Hey, Terrell Pryor is available for 8 or 9 million dollars a year. Just go get him."
0: That's the thing. I mean, you're going to see teams like that, you're going to see moves like that. I'm surprised that uh Minnesota hasn't done anything yet. You know, they don't have a ton of money, but they have some I think they need a, they badly needed an offensive lineman. So the way the offensive line stuff has shaken out so far, let me see if I can get this right. So it's Leary in Denver. Petonio gets the extension. Uh, apparently we get Zeitler and JC Treader in Cleveland. Whitworth signs with the Rams, which yeah. is a great move. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason you shouldn't sign that guy for two years he's the, it's kind of like the brandon marshall situation kevin it's a guy that is a proven commodity yes he's aging but if you can sign him to a two and essentially one year contract why not bring him in yeah. he's not blocking anybody go ahead Danny.
2: i mean that's just huge if you want to if you want to develop golf like
0: competency give him a yeah, chance
2: that is exactly what they needed i mean because they were just they were terrible offensive line pass protecting last year um I mean, they were just terrible all across the board in, in offense last year, but I think this will help them a lot. Just kind of just give them a baseline ability to have him drop back and not be scared, you know, scared for his life or whatever. They're, they're,
1: according to Spot Track, there are only two teams that have below ten million dollars in cap space. One is the Chiefs, and one Seattle? is the and the Cowboys. Cowboys, Seattle's right there, right though? There's uh, the not five. according to Spot Track. The, oh, the really? Seattle's right in the middle of the pack.
2: Yeah, they've got quite a bit actually. Yeah, this oh, is, I thought they everyone had less does. That's everyone my bad.
1: does. Here's the thing: I, I just made the joke about Minnesota. Like mi- Minnesota is middle of the pack. Like everyone has cap room. They That's were capped after out last year, Peterson. Yeah, yeah, they were. They, 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 everybody was capped out last year, and now the, the cap rises ten million dollars. Everyone has wiggle room. You can restructure anybody you want. I mean, we're in a new reality for the cap. You know, we were joking yesterday about Romo. And like, what kind of cap gymnastics are going to have to do. And we, Romo's deal is actually a little more manageable than we thought. Robert, you've been talking about this. But anyone can do anything. There's tons of freaking cap room.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and even if you're Houston, you can sign him to a cash-heavy deal this year. You can put a lot of the guarantees in year two. You can play with the bonuses. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people can do to make this work. Uh, also, yeah. a little bit more breaking news. Calais Campbell. Jackson Jacksonville. not on the, Bar- not on the Broncos. <laughs> Which is so sad. When somebody mentioned that he was having a change of heart and wanted to go to Denver, I was imagining it in my mind. And just the pure carnage <laughs> was so much fun to picture. I'm very sad that we didn't get it.
2: Yeah, uh, but now what, Do we? does this mean that we get to start talking about the Jaguars being an up-and-comer again? No, we don't, I, it, It's
0: inevitable, because <laughs> it looks like they're going to get Bouye as well. Wow. And they also signed Barry Church. How many years are we going to do this? I'm
1: not. I'm not doing <laughs> Five, this. I'm not doing six. this. I moved it's on.
0: It's not, 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 not in the sense that like we're pumping up the Jaguars, just in the sense that they can just sign guys all the time because they don't, they're not going to have to pay their quarterback. Who knows if he's going to be around for much longer. <laughs> they don't have to pay any young guys because none of them stick around. They even got Alan Hearns on a cheap-ass deal because he was on and they signed him early. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay anybody,
1: so they can just do this every two years. When are they going to get capped out? Like the, I don't Saints, know if it's the Saints, the Saints, the uh, Saints, like the Saints have what twenty million dollars in cap room or something. The Saints are gonna find a way <laughs> to be capped out in like twenty minutes. No, there's no doubt about that. It's incredible. <laughs> Even and meanwhile, def- the Jaguars, it's like they they every every free agency period, they have like a hundred million dollars to spend.
2: Dude, that's because the first couple of years with Gus, they they rolled over like twenty or thirty million a year. I know. Year. It's I know. Just, they've been banking it. They
1: have seventy three million dollars in cap space. God. Calais Campbell, thirty years old, gets
0: thirty million dollars guaranteed. That's a nice that's little hole. I mean, especially because when you're looking at his deal, it's actually you should compare it to the defensive tackle market more than mm-hmm. you should compare it to the defensive end market. Mm-hmm. He plays so outside sometimes, but he's more of an interior player. So if you're looking at that, it, that changes a little bit just because of the way the market is working currently. You know, the Millie Jackson got so much money. McCoy got 50 million. The tackle and end market are getting closer together, which I also, also think is why the guard and tackle market is getting closer together. But still, if you yeah. compare to the interior guys, one, two, three four, five, six. He's the seventh most guaranteed money of any interior player in the league. And he's 30 years old. It's a nice contract.
2: Not bad. <laughs> we went to
0: college together. He's a good guy. Yeah. I, uh, I've my, always been a fan. Until... I mean, and I think that what made him really attract, I know we're just kind of like spouting off the couple of what's happening, but that's really the only way to do this. <laughs> I think the, what I liked about him in Denver is that he's a very solid interior pass rusher. You know, it's you're gonna get six, seven, eight a year, but he's a monster run defender. And he's the, the type of guy
1: that can instantly make well, the he run he swallows blockers. He's a legit six eight. I mean, he's. I the mean, he, how player many when he was in Arizona, there were so many instances where so, there'd be a huge play, whether it was a, a honey badger turnover or a sack or whatever, and you would look at the play again and you'd realize that there was a double team that Clayus Campbell was in charge of. Yeah. I think there's a situation where they have enough individual pieces back there. Jalen Ramsey, they have a, a pretty decent young defensive line around Campbell and, and Malik Jackson was at least decent last year. I think there's a situation where um, you know the Jaguars' defense could be pretty good next year, leading I with Calais Campbell swallowing blockers, you know, getting double teams, then things are happening.
0: I could talk myself <laughs> into it. And if you have Ramsey's a star, if you bring in Bouye, who I think is very good. Campbell's like the exact type of free agent you want. Somebody that's not gonna be a problem with how much money he makes in the locker room. Like that's the type of stuff you enjoy.
1: So everybody makes $30 million in the Jaguars. It's a good point. There's really no worry about hierarchy because everyone makes the same contract. It's It's like Wall Street. It's just like everyone, everyone's got
0: a helicopter there. So if you look at if you look at Jacksonville's defense, all right, and I know we're gonna do this to ourselves every single fucking year, but you have a defense that finished 13th in DVOA last season. If you look at the pieces, it's reasonable to say that Bouye is an upgrade over Mukamura. Church is, in my opinion, a slight downgrade from Cyprian, but similar types of players. And then yeah. you add Calais Campbell to that mix. Why can't they be a top eight defense?
2: <laughs> I ref- I, I'm, I'm refraining I, from this. I, you I just can't do it
1: Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Like like five minutes ago, we were making fun of hyping up the Jaguars, and now we're all at a place where we're sort of in agreement they might be a top eight defense. Danny's not doing that. No, Danny's refusing himself. <laughs> I'm here. I'm with you. Hey, oh I can, I can see it. I'm not going to hype them, though. I refuse. Well, I'm doing it. I'm on board. <laughs> Duval. Uh, a couple
0: couple more things I wanted to hit here as we're as we're waiting um, for more things to happen Uh, the safety market I thought was interesting in the sense that Mm -hmm. I really when I I didn't say my favorite signing but Tony Jefferson's in the conversation oh yeah I think Tony Jefferson can really play and combining him with Weddle is a fascinating duo because Weddle is that. that classic center fielder that can really make plays deep but also can play around the line of scrimmage and I think that there's there's the pieces fit I love that with safeties, and your team does it better than anybody, Danny. The Thomas Chancellor complementary skill sets, yep. and I think that that's exactly what you get with Jefferson and Weddle. Jefferson's twenty-five years old; he's limited in the sense that he is a near the, in the box near the line of scrimmage guy. But I still think that with Weddle, it's a really dangerous combination. I absolutely love it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I've I heard a Daniel Jeremiah was talking about uh, Bill Belichick's like scouting principles one time on their podcast and Belichick in Belichick's words, you know, you can dominate from the safety position with a couple of good safeties. Like they can take over the entire middle of the field. And so, I mean, they, they also have a pretty dang good corner in Jimmy Smith. So, I mean, this, this is already a defense that was like one of the top defenses in the NFL last year. And I like the signing a lot. I think that it just gives them an ability. I mean, those he's not, he is a box safety, but he's, he's more than, you know, he's not like a Cyprian where he's a you know he's a crap in coverage, <laughs> right? Exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I mean he he I can totally run agree. with he tight ends, it, yeah. It, so that's it to me. That's a great signing. It's kind of underrated, but it's a great signing. And I mean, I I love the the I love the Ravens defense already, and and that to me is kind of an exciting underrated move.
1: It's interesting that oh go ahead, Kevin. Oh no, I was just gonna say the Ravens need to do something. I I just I, I I mean this year I mean I, I really need I, the Ravens have been kind of mediocre, like the last I mean last year they were the height of mediocrity. They're giving so well, much the more height of mediocrity last America. year because their offense
0: was the worst in football. Outside. I know yeah, I terrible. understand
1: that, but what I'm saying is is that I I think that the Ravens and John Harbaugh really need to show something. I think Ozzie Newsom needs to show something. I think they've lost a little bit of that luster as far as valuation and all that. So I'm I'm intrigued with the moves they're making. I, I just still. I worry that their offense is still going to be pretty bottom of the barrel.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because the way that the Ravens operate, to them, comp picks are the most valuable thing in the history of the world. And as a result, <laughs> they let a lot of their They've own guys like go. They've had like
1: 42 the last five years. It's absurd. Saints, and, 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 I saw a stat it, like the Saints, the Saints have had like three. It's
0: a very <laughs> shrewd. I mean, joking. it's a good way to build your team. And it's a smart way to build your team. So you lose Osamale last year. Wagner walks this year and By the way Wagner's 9 million a year Or whatever it was Kind of resets The right tackle market yeah. For pretty much everybody That's not Lane Johnson And that mix- I know it's a different market Every year is different I'm not saying Mitchell Schwartz Got bested But the Chiefs Having Mitchell Schwartz For 6.5 million bucks Is fucking beautiful now And when you're looking at what the right tackle market, who I guess includes Kyle Juszczyk and the guard market, getting Mitchell Schwartz for that (laughs) price is excellent. So now you're looking at Baltimore, you lose Wagner, you lose Osemle, and there's a chance that Brandon Williams walks out the door. So I know that they like to be able to get those extra picks and whatever else. Ricky Wagner was a compensatory pick. But eventually, if you keep letting quality guys walk out the door, it's going to be tough to get much better.
2: Yeah, you know, you're refilling of, the coffers through the draft. I mean, that's the problem. They, they're not quite doing it at a higher, as high of a rate as they were earlier on. Speaking of the Lions and Ricky Wagner,
1: uh, the Lions just released DeAndre Levy. I saw that, and that's just—I
0: don't know what's going on there. I, I feel like health is just going to be a big problem for him for a while. I, I loved him when he was healthy. He's one of those Lions. Well, interesting. Can he's an interesting
1: flyer to take now,
0: totally because. In my opinion, it's hard to dominate the game from that position. It's why we don't see those guys get paid very often. What in
1: God's name? The Matt Coyle thing? <laughs> oh my God. I was How waiting bad, for wait, that. Wait. I just want to say for the listener, Maze and I are not together. We're all in different rooms right now. We both saw the same tweet at the same time. I I knew what that Yelp meant. Yep. I knew what it meant. Danny knew what it meant. Maze hasn't even confirmed that that's it was what like it meant. But oh, I know,
2: Maze, I want you.
1: I want you to read this news because it's your baby. Go ahead. Tom Pellicero, who does a wonderful job, great guy, today, great reporter. Panthers will sign
0: left tackle Matt Khalil to a five-year, fifty-five million-dollar deal. With wait for it, twenty-five million dollars guaranteed.
2: <laughs> oh, what? <boy. clears throat> Think about how like hilarious this is for people in Minnesota. I I was searching Matt Clell's name on Twitter the other day. There was so much slander from Minnesota fans. It was pretty funny, actually. I can anyone explain this to me, Danny? Uh, I mean, I, it, desperation combined with I, I imagine they feel that it was an injury situation, not a talent situation. I don't know. That's about, a lot. Twenty five million guaranteed. Wait for th- wait for this one. How much do you think Tyron Smith got guaranteed? <laughs> I don't know, 15? 22, 22.1. Jeez. <laughs> guarantees are, well, guarantees are always kind of iffy when you first hear the deals, right? Like it could be a one year deal, like kind of like the Okun thing last year where they can get out of it. And then, you know, even like guaranteed doesn't mean guaranteed anymore.
0: All right. So let's, let's parse this a little bit. So Matt Khalil gets $25 million guaranteed. It's $11 million average. The $11 billion average is slightly less than Joe Thomas. The $25 million guaranteed is $3 million less guaranteed than Joe Thomas got. The $25 million guaranteed at the left tackle market is one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh most guaranteed of any left tackle in the league. Was Matt Khalil one of the seven... He was one of the seven worst offensive tackles in the (laughs) league last year.
2: Oh,
0: boy. There is, outside of uh, some... Inside knowledge of his health and the fact that he's fine and whatever knee issues have plagued him have magically disappeared. I don't understand this for the life of me. Who else was going to give him
2: fifty-five million dollars? That's what I keep wondering with all these deals. Like, how? Who are giving? Who is feeding these teams? This isn't this you know what's I,
1: it, okay. All right, so like in soccer, right? I'm a big soccer fan. They get leverage. Because they're able to just like make up mystery teams, or even they exist sometimes saying, where yeah. it's like, oh, well, <laughs> I, I play for Tottenham Hotspur, but I got this offer from China, I got an offer from Turkey, and and three clubs in France, right? The NFL <laughs> right. is only 32 teams, okay? And, and not everybody's looking for a tackle, or not everybody's looking for the position you're at. So you're really dealing with three or four teams. It shouldn't be that hard to realize that this player you're negotiating with has no leverage. There's no other league. You're not going to go join Vince Young in Saskatchewan, okay? I think we need to take a step back and realize that a solid majority of teams here in the NFL have no idea what they're doing. We we are uh, doing this whole thing, oh, this guy's going this meanwhile Bill Belichick is just assembling all of his talent for like nothing. Get Dwayne Allen for fourth round picks. Stephon, he's getting rid of Malcolm Butler, he's gonna end up with Stefan Gilmore and, and Brandon Cooks. I mean, like like how many people know what they're doing, Mays? Like twelve? Apparently the Browns <laughs> the Browns are just getting off left and Browns.
0: I Oh man, that is insane. We are I, in
1: I, you know the New Yorker had that story about we're in a computer simulation. Yeah, like, I think we I must feel, be. I feel like we're in a computer simulation and the Browns know what they're doing now. We're in that simulation. The two things that are, have irked me the most, that's number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, the Khalil thing or the fact that yes, we're in a Browns-related the, the computer the simulation? The Khalil thing is number one with a bullet. The other thing, <laughs> if, you, if you're a, a Bengals fan today and you draft Kevin Zeitler in the first round, he turns into an all-pro level guard the exact way you wanted him to. You don't have anybody to replace him. You have a little bit of money to work with. In what possible scenario is it okay to just be like, nah, we're good? But it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. The way that these teams are trying to build and the types of players they're willing to let walk.
2: I struggle with the, the draft and development model and then teams end up just letting their starters leave to see how... The exactly. Seahawks do that the Seahawks do that with their offensive line. They do a great job with their defense in terms of draft to develop and then resign long term contracts, keep their own guys. But the Seahawks are
1: fucked this year because there are no athletes <laughs> at the offensive line in the draft. I know. It's the a gambit's terrible... over. <laughs> it, that's the problem. A good run. I mean, it, okay. So there when no we are no sparky guys in the in the draft at O line. No. They're going to right, take, so they're gonna how... end up taking like four defensive tackles and turning them into all, uh, all pros.
0: And this is how we get here, right? This is how we get to Matt Khalil, 55 million over five years of 25 guaranteed, because there are no tackles on the market. It was Andrew Whitworth and nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's the pool you're looking at at the position. And then when it's dry in the draft, what are you going to do? If you say we need to get better instantly, those are the types of deals that happen. I still don't understand how it possibly got that high.
2: How much money is Okun going to make now?
0: Yes. I mean, he's the last guy. I would say, good Lord.
2: Maybe he knew, maybe he, this is, maybe it ended up he's looking smart because he knew next, next year the tackle market was going to be insane. <laughs> that's why he did a one year.
0: Eh, I'm not no, giving him that much foresight. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's, something I'm willing to do. Oh God. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to hit before we get out of here? Anything else that is burning a hole in your soul and we need to get out before
1: we tomorrow. I, I, I got to tell you, when we started this podcast, I didn't think my last point would be we're living in a computer simulation. You know what? <laughs> you I kind of did. I kind of I did think that might be it. <laughs> and only The only way the Khalil thing makes sense is if Khalil's brother was in charge of the negotiations. 100%. If and they that were he might have like, For all you, we know, he like, might have been. Ryan, why don't you take this? It's like, the, remember the movie Blank Check when the guy's like posing as a as a computer <laughs> guy. No. Now
2: your final points going to be the movie blank check. Yeah,
1: no, the Brian <laughs> was just posing as Dave Gettleman for the past 6 months via computer oh, just sending oh emails. Uh, a couple more
0: just house cleaning things before we get out of here. Probably worth mentioning that um Antoine Bathe is going to essentially replace Tony Jefferson in Arizona just a smaller mm-hmm. scale signing fine uh, Jaleel Ade goes back to the Chargers I like him as a player I think that secondary and defense overall is a chance to be very good don't blame them in whatsoever for trying to go with some continuity there uh, Nick Perry probably back with Green Bay which I like that, that not makes at all sense. surprising uh, people go back there for cheap I was looking at Brian Bulaga's contract the other day it's ridiculous I I guess people just – I don't know what it is about Green Bay. People say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll come back here for two-thirds of my market value. Sure, why not?
1: (laughs) uh, Well, it's a chance chance to live in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I mean, how could you ever turn that down? Uh, Ronald Leary, did we talk about him going to Denver? Yeah, I kind of like that.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I
0: I think he's a really nice player. and I think that defense over – or that line really needed some work. And he's the type of guy – I wrote this today. I think guard is a very safe – move in free agency, because I think offensive line in general is, except when you give Matt Khalil $25 million guaranteed, because at offensive line, you need players to allow your offense to function. And by getting guys that you know are functional, even if they, you're inherently overpaying in free agency. So even if you have to overpay a little bit, you're ensuring competence of your offense. And in a way, it's why I really like what the Browns are doing. You are a guaranteeing your offense is at a certain the floor is at a certain point because you have <laughs> offensive line.
1: Yeah, when I don't wait until October mind. and we'll see about that floor, buddy.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: I just want to say that, that that alleviates some of the concerns we had about Romo. You know, we talked yesterday about Romo. Sure. And, I mean, and we're talking about the tackles, line. But sure. Yeah. I, no, no, I know. But it just we're just getting to a spot. Sports <laughs> Illustrated just tweeted out a Matt Khalil thing and the photo was Alex Boone, which is just peak. Khalil. <laughs> oh, God, That's so incredible. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think that's all. I mean, there's a couple of Stumerville got released. Connor Barwin got released. Yeah. Some guys that could be helpful. Uh, the interior off or defensive line market hasn't really shaken out yet. We don't know where Williams is going to go. Uh, Hankins is still on the board. So a couple positions where the run hasn't quite gone down, but I'm sure it will very soon. And that's why we're going to be back with you guys again tomorrow. So great. Great. Hi, right, guys. I'm thanks in. for doing this. We'll be back uh, to Yeah, to clean up more of whatever mess teams make of themselves over here in the next 24 (laughs) hours. So appreciate you listening, and we'll talk soon.